Episode 5, Slinging the Biscuit, Limp Biscuit Breaks Stuff. You ever want to break some stuff, Pat? I like breaking things. I like breaking things in, too. Makes it more comfortable. You ever get so mad you want to break somebody, break somebody's face? So I feel like this is coming from a specific place, Trav. Is there something going on in your life that you just want to break someone? Who are you trying to break? <laughs> Both emotionally and physically. We'll, we'll get into it later on in the podcast, but uh, Carrie Price, CP31. I just want to come out and say, fuck you, Carrie Price. This guy has personally ruined our podcast for this week. I'm disgruntled emotionally, physically. I might even just go punch a hole in the wall after this podcast. I'm so disgruntled about it. But he inspired the opening track. Carrie Price ruined this podcast this week. That's how I'm feeling. How are you feeling? Well, I'm also a little upset with him. You know, I feel like it's personal. I feel like he knew and attacked us personally. And I just can't help but feel that way. But... Yeah, we'll get into this beef. We'll get into the beef in a second. Rule number one: You want to be a big podcast, you want to be a big YouTuber, you got to come at everybody, guns drawn, guns ablazing, and you got to come in dick swinging when you walk into the room. And when they come at us, even better, which clearly is happening with Carrie. He knows us, and his mouth, he came at us. We probably deserved it after he heard <laughs> about me talking about rear-ending him in downtown Winnipeg mm-hmm. to get an autograph. He probably heard that, and that's yep. probably he. He listened that deep into the last episode, which was what, like an hour and ten in? He was definitely listening to it. He was engaged. He was engaged. <laughs> he was engaged. Our reach. <laughs> we got a big podcast for you today. We got a couple of things to talk about for episode five. Uh, Pat just spent the entire week in Florida. I haven't heard from him up until today, so it's been nice to kind of see his face. You're back yeah. from him again. A wild week. It went off the rails. Yeah. The guy literally went off the grid for a week, but it's good. We got lots of stuff to talk about for that. We got to get into the whole carry price issue. Uh, we got a new sponsor for today. That's big. We got a brand new sponsor. Really excited. This is probably the best company to ever sponsor us or ever will sponsor us. So that's uh, some big stuff. But uh, let's start off with some small stuff. Episode four fuck ups. Things that we messed up. Uh, top of the list. My dad didn't like your pissing on the bed story. He was very disgruntled about that. He, he personally called me and said, Son, I don't like that. Why'd you tell that story? Why? <laughs> what, what did he not like about it? Does it? He, does it coming? He was bothered. Is it coming from a, a maybe experience? Did it happen to him, and it brought up bad memories? I didn't ask. I just said I wasn't the one telling the story. Hey, that's fair. Hey, sorry, Trav's dad. I just had to get that one off my chest and off of my bed in the sheets. There you go, Dad. There's your answer. Uh, outside of that, episode four was clean. No fuck-ups. That was the only one. The only mistake. Nailed the opener. Nailed everything else. And uh, funny enough, Dale Weiss mentioned last week, the NHL is strangling players' personalities, choking the game out of any any growth they could have from personalities. And that kind of that gets us into today's topic, our, our beef with Carey Price, shall we say. So <sighs> It's sad, man. Essentially, we had our... Our online friend, Caden Primo, 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 Primula, and he came on. We had a good chat with him. You know, I thought we, you know, got his personality out a little bit, which was a goal of ours whenever we have a, say, an NHL player on, you know, in all our history of podcasting, which is like three episodes. And he, 
he came, we sent it to him, he gave it the okay, we had what I thought was a fun interview, and then all of a sudden, Trav, or no, Caden got a notification from the Montreal Canadiens because so-and-so, uh, Carey Price, you know, whatever, whoever that Never is. Never heard of him. Got, uh, got hurt. So Caden gets the call up to the Canadians. And if you're on the Canadians, you have to send in to their PR team anything that if you're on a podcast or anything you're going to post, which is a little, little much in my opinion. And they listened to our podcast and just said, no fucking way. Not doesn't. What was the exact wording they used? So first off, Caden, I, I thought was probably our best interview to date. The guy was very comfortable, very himself. I, I thought we had some great conver- conversation. Jeez, try speaking today, Thirav. And great interview. He approved it. He he loved it himself. And he says, "Oh, I'm going to send it off to the uh, to the PR staff. Obviously, you know, you're you're in the big time. You got to get the approval." And I'll read you word for word here what uh, the email said. First off, this guy's name is Noah. I don't like people whose name Noah. Noah's Ark? Are you fucking building ships and having a zoo? Freaking kidding me? Just give like his exact quote of uh, how it didn't align or whatever he said. Well, he gave me one email where he basically beat around the bush and didn't say, or he said that, that they didn't like it. It doesn't fall in line with the organization. I had to hit him about three or four more times to finally get an answer out of him. And basically what he said, sorry. The overall vision of your podcast, multiple phrases used, and segment themes do not uh, represent <laughs> what we are in line with, with the Montreal Canadiens and our uh, our organization. Uh, we have our own podcast. We use to promote our players in line with our style and our organizational views, which you do not. Ref- please refrain from posting, and good luck with your future endeavors. Fuck you, Noah. Yeah, you know what, Noah? Noah, you deserve a little punch in the fucking face, you soft-ass motherfucker. You soft pussy. And breaking things. I want to break Noah. Uh, is this too much? Do I, no, you know what? No, fuck you. I want to break his fucking will. I want to I want to really break him down. <laughs> well, I was thinking you want to break his will, like get us into his will so when he dies from us beating him, mm-hmm. we're going to have some nice inheritance coming in. But it was a double meaning. If we've learned one thing, if you can take away one thing from the Sling on the Biscuit podcast, it is research your enemy, keep your friends close, enemy closer. Do a little research. Oh, you know Noah. You got to know him. Fresh out of university. Fresh uh, marketing guy. Mm-hmm. Never played the game. Big marketing guy. Big PR guy. Uh, but I bet you this guy would have a hard time tying his skates. He probably was like, oh, I got a, I got a job. Mom, Mom, I got a job at the Montreal Canadiens. Dude, we had one of these guys at Maine. And he was pretty young, too, and would always kind of be nervous about everything, you know, doesn't want to upset the coach, kind of just scared, doesn't want to lose his job, you know? And I think Noah's in that situation where he's like, oh, like, and it's a bigger uh, stage, obviously, it's the fucking Canadians, but he's probably just sitting there like, oh, I can't uh, have anyone do any swearing, anything, and obviously we're on here, we're dropping F-bombs, we're talking piss stories, you know? So Be ourselves, unforgivably ourselves. Which, which... I think is way better and what is what the world not just the world but mostly the hockey world that's what the hockey world needs because example here Caden showed a little personality didn't say anything bad literally nothing bad we say, say we swore maybe we said a few things that we say the stupid shit he did nothing and literally they shut down the podcast and I think that's just like a huge problem with the marketing of the NHL in general, not just the Canadians. That's not just a target at them. It's just the hockey culture. They shut down every personality, 
anything that's, I don't know, funny that would be marketable? Uh, like, I don't know. How do you feel about that? It's, it's funny because Dale Weiss literally mm-hmm. told us last week, the NHL is strangling guys' personalities. They're strangling any marketability they could have. You know what? Sean Avery is probably the last NHL player to actually have some true personality, let him be himself. I think Paul Bissonnette had, had a good amount of personality, but the NHL tightening the ropes over time from 2010 to 15 by the time he was out of the league. And if I, I just don't understand... Like people are dying to see some personalities. Like, do you think people want to listen to your stupid, shitty, fucking podcast? Where, yeah, you know, we're out there. We're just trying to get two points. You know, we got pucks in deep. You know, uh, we brought our, our A game, but uh, the other team brought a little bit better of an A game. You know, they outworked us and uh, they got two points. You know, we're gonna try to be better the next one. You know, we got to find a way to win. Like nobody gives a shit about hearing that it's horse shit. It's the same old thing, but it's so it sounds good in like the the ears of like the I don't know the management, the coaches, they, the the people that want you to be boring because it doesn't cause any controversy it's not risky it's just safe and what are you where are you going to get in life if you're just being safe you're not taking chances you know what i mean it's just like it's a complacent thing but uh, even i mean even dale said he's like that's why we are a meme that's why i made it i did a meme i made a fucking video making fun of a hockey press conference and i was like oh this in my mind was let me take the stupid generic shit they say and then have pretend like it's two idiots not understanding how how like the hockey culture works and saying stupid shit by accident and it's making fun of the way how boring these like just let let us have personality i don't know do something man it it's 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 sad i mean i i thought biz biz nasty was kind of like a pioneer in a lot of ways because the way he would tweet and he was famous on Twitter, really. And as a fourth line guy, and you don't see that often. It's because he showed a personality, but even he had to, you know, go through the PR team. But they gave him a lot of breathing room to, you know, post some funny shit. And yeah, I guess you don't really. You see know that. what? I think when it becomes the norm, when when the new norm is. We're getting pucks deep. We're trying to get pucks to the net. That becomes the norm. That's what everybody gets. So now when you step out of line and you, you say something that Sean Avery would say, now it becomes a big media spectacle. But if you let everybody be themselves, that's all you're getting all the time. So it doesn't fall out of line. Like, for example, again, to bring it back to the COVID masks, a year ago, if I walked into a grocery store wearing a COVID mask, people would be like, what is wrong with this fucking weirdo? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, if I walk in without a mask, now I'm being shunned for being this prick. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the new standard, and they give they give you. I don't even, honestly. I was watching. Uh, I, I had my woman over the other night, and I was watching uh, you know the post game interviews for the Tampa Chicago game. And I don't even know why they do post game interviews. They just give you the same shit over and over. Like, listen, Noah, marketing guys in the NHL, fuck you and your shitty <laughs> podcast. Honestly, fuck you guys and the stuff that you're putting up because nobody wants to listen to it. NHL, listen to me. People are dying for personality. Give it to them. Fuck <laughs> you. Dude, for real. It I don't know. I mean, I think there's a reason why spitting chicklets works is cuz they show personality. I think they're, well, best, they're so big they can get away with it as well. I think. Right, right. And but their best interviews or best guests are the ex-players. And like Dale was like, "Yeah, I don't interview current players. I do ex-players cuz they're not afraid to share the stories." Not, you know what I mean? It's and that's that's 
sucks dude i don't know i i hope it changes but it's honestly not looking like it's gonna but i just think we're gonna see hockey getting less and less popular because no one feels like they know the player no it's not personal anymore it's not and and here's another thing i I will say uh i I think we're both in agreement that uh, moving forward in the podcast we uh, we will not be having any more interviews any more guest interviews because to the last two weeks of this bullshit of having to get an NHL team to approve our podcast and having to deal with players who are worried about losing their job because they said they don't like cheese curds or they said that they don't know how to approach somebody in public because there's a pandemic going on. Fuck you, Montreal Canadiens. We're not having any more guests anymore. We got Jeremy Broder coming on next week. He's going to co-host the podcast with us. We got some guys who are going to co-host the podcast. Join it. Become conversational. Yeah. I'm pissed. I'm fired up. Let's fucking go. I think this is going to be a cool way to see and feel the personality of the player better where we're just talking shit we're not really interviewing them asking the generic questions they're kind of just flowing with us i think it's an opportunity to get to know uh the guest better but uh do you you want to cut out interviews completely i feel like we shouldn't jump and just be like forever no interviews because maybe it's you know we get someone it's like this would be a cool interview (laughs) for the immediate future maybe (laughs) things change things do change quite frequently around here but uh, to change gears real quick, do you have any videos you're working on right now? Any uh, any projects you got coming up? Any any videos in the vault in the works? I do. Um, for my hockey channel, I have one that's it's called uh, the Shootout Challenge for or ten thousand. Oh, sorry, not ten thousand. Fuck, I wish I had that. A thousand dollar Shootout Challenge, where there's like five of us in a goalie and we have a shootout, like three shots for per round, and we you know we battle for a thousand bucks. That's when I got going. Then I have I'm about to start pumping out a lot of my sketches and skits and stuff there on IGTV and my new channel. So that's what I've been working on in the background. But uh, how about you? You been you got anything coming? First off, I just want to say that thousand dollar shoot that's basically a million dollars Canadian. Sign me the fuck yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> you, could, you could buy you could buy a lot more interviews with NHL players for that kind of dough, especially with the currency, the state right. of the currency, I should say. Um, so those videos I got going on, I did a video this week, a little bit different. It was a travel vlog going from Vancouver to Winnipeg on the train, kind of highlighting some of the views, some of the scenery, the experience on uh, on the Canadian train lines, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, yeah, next week is a video on uh, my knee injury. I haven't skated in about five weeks. I'm actually skating tonight for the first Fuck. time in about five weeks. Yeah, trying to get things back on track, speaking of it, or funny enough, with the whole train. What did, you, uh, what did you do to your knee? MCL sprain. Fuck. It, it wasn't necessarily one moment that injured it. It was more just like the straw that finally broke the camel's back. Yeah, sure. kind of just everything kind of wearing out. So uh, I think it was good, though. It kind of made me – the last five weeks of you know having to give my body TLC every day has kind of got me back in the um, understanding what my body needs, kind of getting back in touch, back in sync, and knowing what my body needs to sustain a, a full upcoming season, which I think is good. Um, as far as videos go, I got uh, some reviews I'm working on, some gear reviews. My equipment's about a year old, so I got that. I'm ordering new gear uh, as well, so that's a new video coming up. My my signing for next season, we got uh, some news on that coming up soon. It's a lot of good stuff. But like you did, you are signing. You have like some big news, or is this? We're, we're gonna have to watch the video to find out. I don't want to give away too much. Oh, that's intense. Uh, I have briefly about your injury. You've taken five weeks off the ice. Yeah. What do you? How do you feel? Do you feel good? A nice break from the ice? Do you don't yeah, usually it's take? It's been a nice. It's a nice break because I've, I've been still editing video and I've been looking at video. I've been looking at footage and thinking to myself, like I, I think I should do this. I could implement that. I could change this. So I think this is all good things. Mm-hmm. It's been a nice little refresher too. And, and like I mentioned, getting back in touch with my body, 
and under I, I don't know I sound like a hippie or like like some guy living under a bridge or in a van like a van life yep. guy the but vibes like, are immaculate yeah. <laughs> well listen to my body being like listen you you want to sustain a full season over you know in Sweden and Germany wherever you want to go okay this is what the body needs and right. I think it's been really good to kind of get to know my body a little bit better yeah, to, yeah, to know yeah. what it's up to today no dude it's it, it is good to rest people will get so caught up in that you know work harder than the next guy and they don't they just go 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 but you learn once you get like a when you take the step back and take a little break that it refreshes you and makes you you know more motivated when you get back into it i think it's healthy to take that step back and recover for your body and mostly like mentally you know, well, I think too it's a challenge. Like obviously, trying to make hockey-based YouTube videos, right. you can't really make hockey YouTube videos without hockey. Right? Yeah, so it's a little bit of a challenge, but it definitely is. On that topic, I got a question for you. Yeah, who do you enjoy watching on YouTube and listen to on podcasts? Because I know, I, at least I think personally, if you don't have your finger on the pulse of the hockey community, at the podcast community, you know who's going big, you know who's who's plummeting, what yeah. the trends are. If you're not on top of that, you fall behind really quick. I'm, I'm very engaged in the community, at least on my side. I'm, I'm curious about your side. All right, I'll just give you my attention. So for YouTubers in general, I watch a lot of Nelk. I watch these guys called Slappers Only, who is a sketch channel. Um... I I stay. I watch a lot of Logan Paul's impulsive podcast. I I've become yeah. a big fan of his, and then uh, I also like for podcasts. I'll watch um, or listen to. Do you know who Joe Santagato is? Heard of him? Yeah. So he's a uh, he. He used to do like funny review videos, and he ended up doing a podcast called The Basement Yard. And he kind of sits there one on one with his friend and just shoots the shit. And I get a lot of inspiration from him of just like because he does like comedy based you know conversation and i get love i love that a lot the one that i almost that i started to tell you uh before the podcast was the style of podcast or talk show interview that i liked a lot is this guy uh jeff so he does jeff's barbershop you ever seen that no i haven't so the what he does he uh is jeff wittick and he's uh he has them on because he used to be a barber before he started doing like YouTube. So he takes the a celebrity in and he cuts their hair and he does like a 10 minute interview. He like chops it up, obviously it does, makes it like a 10 minute interview and he's just kind of shitting on them, just makes fun of them shits on their life. And they know that they're going into that and either they kind of don't know what to do or they try to give it back. And it's, kinda, I think that style is different and unique and funny. That's why I'm really into that right now. But yeah, as as for the hockey ones, I've you know touch. I keep up with the spit and chiclet stuff and a bit of Sean Avery's thing. I and then I'll tune into like I mean, there's not that many hockey ones in general, but I'll sometimes tune in to see what like PK is doing because I want because obviously he's kind of a personality. Now, who are you? Who are you up staying up to date with here? You know. There's a guy called Downey Live, Michael Downey. He's based out of Vancouver. He's like a travel vlogger, a historian. He does a lot of really, really cool stuff. And I was just drawn in uh, by his ability to tell a story and communicate that by both telling you and showing you. And I've ripped off so many ideas from his videos and how he makes his videos in the last little bit that I put into mine, which I think you can tell if you watch any of my recent videos. Uh, I'm, I'm glued to his videos every Saturday. Every Saturday morning, he's got a new video, and, I, and I'm one of the first to watch it every time. 
Um, so he's he's really good. I love Steve Will Do It. You know, he did a video uh, giving away a Tesla uh, the other week, and he titled it "Giving Away a Tesla to My Gay Assistant." And he's like, "Well, just so you know, my assistant isn't gay. I just said that he was gay because I know you'd watch the video, like, like stuff like that. It's just it's got me hooked. Just the dumb shit that he does." Um, you know, I, I used to love Casey Neistat's vlogs. I used to love the way he put the videos together, just the, the whole view, the whole everything. And uh, now I don't really give a rat's ass what anything he posts because he's just so political. He's just like, I come to escape, right? I want to be entertained. The, the horse shit going on out in the world, I don't need any of that. You can turn on any fucking channel out there, news channel, YouTube channel. You can find more than, more than enough to deal with it. I don't want that shit in my life. I want to be entertained. I want something new and... Hearing about politics, about COVID, about the president, mm-hmm. about I don't give a fuck. So I don't really care too much about him, although he was my original inspiration for making vlogs. But uh, that's what it, none, of, none of the hockey influencers really wow me anymore. Like the on no. the bench guys don't wow me. Nasher doesn't wow me. Like no, nobody wows me anymore. There's no hockey YouTuber. I'm like, ah, I got to watch the next video. There's something cool going to because I don't think there's anything cool going on these days. No, it's tough with hockey right now. It's, I don't. I don't know. It, you get with hockey. You can only go. You can only do so much. You know, if you're, it's the one. If it's such a specific topic, like, uh, like for me as a college hockey player, you know, then I. St- it's, oh, there's like the life of a college hockey player. I, I can only do it so many times, and like I have my off season vlogs, and get, I don't know. There's like it gets tough to just come up with new hockey stuff. You know, if it just has yeah. to be hockey, hockey, hockey. I feel like you kind of box yourself in though when you start you start doing the reviews the day in the life all the other vlog bullshit now you're boxed in you paint yourself in a corner and that's what people expect out of you they they expect it religiously Uh and if it's not they'll leave which is yeah it's tough dude because as a i don't know about you but for me i there's so much more to me than hockey like i've done so much hockey in my life for the are you telling me you do things in your life that don't revolve around the rink? Right. You know, isn't that wild? <laughs> Tell me more. Please do. But like tw- like 23 years probably now, I think. 22 years. Like, I don't know. I started skating when I was like two, three fucking. But I just spent so much, so much hockey. And my whole life I've had these other interests. Like I like to act. I like to make sketches. I've been making sketches and stuff since I was a little kid. I took a class on it in call, uh, high school. So I love doing that shit. I start, if I start I started sprinkling it in a little bit in my uh, on my other my main channel, and it's like there is a group of people that love it. They think it's great, you know, because they like my personality and whatever. But then there's some that don't even click it because they're just oh, I just want to see hockey vlogs. And I realize that I'm like I'm in such a I've created such a niche because it's so specific. I, if I want to break out, I gotta st- I gotta separate it. So that's kind of why I'm separating it so I can just have more freedom, even if it doesn't get as big or if maybe it does you know i believe that it will eventually but it just gives me a freedom to just create whatever the fuck i want and there's no restriction there's no this has to be hockey 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 you know I, funny it's funny you mention that because we're, we're we both built a following from scratch of just hockey players like the first mm-hmm. viral videos we both had were hockey themed now this is what people expect of us eventually the ride's going to come to an end whether you can't find an opportunity anymore, you have a career-ending injury, something like that, it's going to come to an end one day. And I've actually been putting a lot of thought into this more so because of my injury and I haven't been able to skate. I've been brainstorming new ideas. Have you ever thought about when hockey comes to an end, when you're done, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep making videos? Like, you, like Have you ever thought about what you want to do? Yeah, I would, I would love to get into acting. 
I mean, I've made slow steps into it, but it's hard, obviously, to do. I, I've made small steps into it, but so, I, you know, whenever hockey ends, I don't know exactly yet, but I, I definitely want to get into the acting, and I would like to, like I said, I'm making the other channel for sketches, so I probably do a lot of that if hockey, like if I didn't have hockey, I would definitely do a lot of that, and maybe change my hockey channel and like maybe keep hockey related stuff but you know maybe slowly change it into like a fitness my like fitness lifestyle channel more so uh but yeah you know you know the hard part about that is um so when i when i was making the montage with the nhl goalie montage when i first started youtube when I transitioned to original videos, I went from putting up like 10,000 views a video, kind of where I am right now. Right. And this is like five, six years ago to now I'm putting up like 500 views. Like that drop off of views, it's just such a, just a punch in the gut mm-hmm. and you got to build that up again. And I think to myself sometimes, like if I wanted to rebrand or if I wanted to start something new, if you wanted to start, you know, doing sketches or fitness style stuff, I like me personally, I would love to do travel vlogs and be like a travel vlogger, travel the right. world and then document it. But the, the starting from scratch is a big it's a big sucks. drop off it sucks yeah because you know you know you like there's only so many people that will come over from that following you've already built you know because they are interested in hockey but it i think i think you should do it honestly like start a travel channel now and by the time you're you know ending with hockey maybe you have a following with it you know there's something to go off of but yeah. it, it definitely sucks because you know how much it took to build up your current channel and how it takes time and you're like fuck like another few years and i can get you know what i mean it's 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 hard to start from nothing but if you think back to when you know you started your original channel it was you know you, you had that such a um what's it like optimistic mindset of like oh like it's gonna, yeah it's gonna be great you know? well and on top of that too like i look at things and, and i'm sure you've kind of got a little bit of a peek behind the curtain since you and i've started talking like on a business you know perspective but YouTube was my full-time job. It's my full-time income, and it has been for three-plus years now. And I like I started making YouTube videos 10 years ago, making how many videos for fucking zero dollars? Not making a dime off any videos. And I think to myself, it's my full-time job right now. Like You need to make money to live. It's, it's the way the world is. But if you want to transition to that, financially, that's not a, really an option. Like You have to do something else. Yeah. You know, It's a constant struggle. <laughs> Business, pleasure. Passion, right. project, work. What do you want to do? Yeah, it's tough. It's I know it's hard, right? Because that's not when you start from zero. It's not, um, you know, it doesn't make you money. But I, I I've been thinking about exclusive content stuff, and you know, offering pay to play. Yeah, like whatever it is monthly, offering them exclusive content, Q and As, like one on one talks, Zoom calls, like coaching, all my workout plans. I don't know, just something that just gives a little more income because obviously it's a fucking grind to make money with youtube Ugh. and then you're a slave dude you are slave to the algorithm of whatever yeah. platform you're on that dictates what you're going to do to to kind of transition i i did have an idea inspired by your trip to florida when the jake paul bullshit <laughs> if you if you could fight any hockey youtuber any hockey personality you get a boxing match or an mma you, you want to go full-on you know grapple and choke them out who'd you fight a hockey YouTuber? It could be a hockey YouTuber. It could be a YouTuber in general. Like, who do you want to go uh, brawl in the ring? Um, Jacob Ardown. I I want to, not because I hate him or I'm mad at him, but 
Because I know he would do it too. <laughs> he, he would Donnie. He'd go into an MMA match. He he uh, he used to scrap a bit when he played. So we were talking about it a lot. And he, when he was in juniors, he used to fight a lot. Yeah, and he's, he's not like the biggest of guys. <laughs> but, but he'll throw him. He'll throw him. Yeah, no, he chuck he chucks. Yeah, he chucks fists. So I'm like, all right, dude. Yeah. He like he, he would tell me all the time that he would like fight me, and even though I had I have like I want to say like 50 pounds on him. But he's just like, yeah, he's like, I'll fight you. I'm like, okay. Like, I respect that. <laughs> so, you know what? Maybe I'll box him. Maybe I'll get some some buzz around the internet. Boxing or MMA? Um, I, I, because we're both amateurs in both, like, I'd do either one, right? Doesn't really matter, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if once it becomes wrestling, though, I feel like I'd have more of an, an advantage. So maybe he would want to do boxing. Because if I can grapple with him, once I get a hold of him, he's only like 140 pounds. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like a, a rake now. He's uh, a skinny guy. So maybe he would want boxing. It might be in his best bet, yeah, if you guys go <laughs> boxing, I'm thinking. Now, uh, yourself, who would you throw hands with? Who are you chucking fists with? So... There's this one gear account, this hockey goalie gear account. He goes by Goalie Gear Nerd on Instagram, okay? And his real name is Tim McCarthy. Um, he used to work at uh, Paso and True, two hockey companies. He was like the head reps. They got fired from both. And one of the reasons he got fired was he started this Goalie Gear Nerd account um, where he was like behind the scenes, trying to be quiet, trying to be anonymous, stealthy. And he'd be going to take tours of the CCM factory, the Bauer factories, all this stuff, taking free gear, doing reviews, kind of, you know what I mean? It's a conflict of yep. interest. And I believe Paso and Truth found out and said, see you later. You're fired. You're off the payroll, buddy. No severance. See you later. And this guy's always had a beef with me. He's always been picking fights with me. And he's this little five foot seven midget, Tim McCarthy out of St. Louis. And I always, and, and I thought to myself one time, and, and you bring it back to me. If I got into an MMA match and I could fight Tim McCarthy from Goalie Gearnard, choke him out, put him in an arm bar, arm bar, and he has this thing <laughs> where anytime he posts about gear that he likes, he says it's GGN approved, Goalie Gearnard approved. I choke this guy out, tap him out, win the there fight, and I post a picture on Instagram with my hand in the air, big victory, belt around mm-hmm. my waist, and I caption it hashtag GGN approved. Fuck yeah. That's so, that's marketing. Yeah, <laughs> Suck you, it, Tim. Yeah, you give it to him too. I know you would. The guy's also an absolute midget. He's like five foot six. Five oh, that's a seven. fair fight. You get like a foot on him. <laughs> Dude, he, he puts up videos like talking about his gear. He's got his like, little sausage fingers in the videos. Like, oh man, your wife's going to deal with that. Jesus. <laughs> He's got the little nuggets. <laughs> oh, dude, man. This guy's, well, called me up, this guy's called me up my personal cell before and told me some fucked up shit. I'm not going to get into it, but right. this, guy, this guy's a, a snowflake, man. Anyway. Oh, you have to smash a snowflake right in the face, dude. <sighs> Can't take that. Or, or just pay your dirty dogs off to take care of it for you. Don't even get your hands dirty. <laughs> yeah, you let, don't <laughs> let the dogs loose. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, let's let's get into it since right. we're on the topic of fighting. You're in Florida. You're just right. on a week long bender. Didn't hear from you up until today. Tell me about Florida. Tell me about yeah. the Jake Paul stuff. I was, dude. I've been on the move. Like it feels like a kind of nice to just be like settled back in my house for a second here. Because I was up in Maine. I was, you know, I made a few videos there. I, you know, went on a little bend. I, you know, saw yeah. saw Ed. Ran into. Uh, obviously, we had like the uh, funeral type celebration of life for red and then ed was like all right come down to 
Providence, when you leave, because Veli's flying out, just drive Veli down to Providence, the, our Finnish roommate, and Quinny will meet us there. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> so I leave Maine. I go down five hours to Providence, and we have a nice little night there. A little sayonara. It was my, my roommates from my senior year. It was the four of us, and it was like a little last hurrah. And Veli flew. I dropped Veli at the airport the next day. So I had to drive back to, to Boston, drop him at the airport, have a great life in Finland. I might see you. I might not. A little, you know, <laughs> hug goodbye. And then I go back home for a day. And then the next day, I'm back. Hold right on. To- I, I got I to ask. I got I to ask. So you, 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 were, you had no flying this trip, no? No, this was all driving. Okay, I was going to ask how the flying experience was, but you, you were driving. So never mind. Fuck me. But Here then on. the next day... I went right into Logan again, and I flew down to Florida. So this now, how was your flight experience? Is this your first time or second time flying since the pandemic? A few times. I've done three flights, I believe, two to Minnesota, and, then, and now this. Okay, and how have you found it? Jared? Um, better or worse? I mean, it's just shitty that you have to wear masks the whole time. But I guess you know, it's it, you know, I you're right. I get why, but also they just pack you in. They don't give a fuck, and it's a trust. It's like a trust system. What was your plan the same way? Like the flights that I've taken since the pandemic, everybody's been shoulder to shoulder, yeah. three to a row, no space in between, right? Except one airline had three, they had three rows on one side and two on the other. So on the three side, they left the middle open. And yeah. then on the two side, you were crunched. So it, it was like, okay, so if you get over there, you're lucky. If not, like, fuck, you know, weird. But the other ones have been full capacity, shoulder to shoulder. Like you just, wonder why we're in the mess we're in. Sorry, I don't mean to get political on you. Sorry, I, I but, just talked about that. Anyway. Yeah, so it was kind of weird. I'm like, okay, this is a trust system. It's not like they're taking temperature. They're not. You know, it's just like, all right, honor system. You know? Yeah, exactly. But no one, you know, no one fucking is stopping if they're if they don't feel good, they're going. But luckily, I have antibodies. So, anyways, I go down there to Jacksonville, and we have the Machine Gun Kelly concert and the UFC event, dude. And to, it didn't feel real to be back in the the world. Like I'm at a concert, no masks, fifteen thousand people, crazy. Oh, at least yeah. This place, yeah, it's because they were sold out, right? It was a full house, sold out, sold out concert, sold out uh, UFC event, like or near near sold out, and they were. You know what would have been great? Cutaway. You're at the UFC event, packed house, fifteen thousand people, no diaper, having the time of your life. Meanwhile, in Canada, Travis at his apartment where legally he cannot have one person over. Dude, yeah, no, it's actually but like Florida is a different world. They just don't give a shit. Literally jamming out, full crowd, high fiving the people next to me and shit. Like no mask on. Same thing to be in like the uh, UFC event after just being like sheltered like this, and then having the hearing like a crowd roar and stuff is just. When you get to experience this again, it is it is something, man. <laughs> it really makes you want. I'm I'm not gonna lie. This is totally kind of unrelated. So on uh, on Sunday, there was a huge anti-mask rally in Winnipeg, and I'm looking out my window and I see just crowds of people walking down my street from you know from my window, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, what's the most logical thing to do? Well. I run down to the pizza joint, you know, a couple streets over. I pick up two, uh, you know, two large Italian sausage pizzas, and I make my way down to the anti-mask rally to go check it out. Not because <laughs> I'm joining in. I'm curious to see what's going on. And although apples to oranges, there's like a thousand people there, probably, give or take, no masks. Everybody's, you know, kind of similar to your Florida event. And I'm thinking, wow, like, this is, 
This is kind of nice. You know, I have my pizza. I have a nice <laughs> snack, a nice meal, and some entertainment. Closest thing that's going to be happening in Canada for at least the next six months. Yeah, you feel naked, right? Wearing no mask around. Like, I mean, I normally like, don't wear a mask. Well, so in I'm, public, like out in public, I don't. Like, if I'm outside, I'm not wearing a mask. But like indoors at a at an event or something, it feels you feel naked not wearing a mask. Like you walk in, you're like, wow, this is this is weird. What a treat! What a treat! If you haven't seen MGK in concert, recommend just throwing that in there. But also, the cool little highlight of the UFC event was no one other than Jake Paul walking in. Comes Stone and all of a sudden people start yelling. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Who's here? And everyone cut Neil. Do you see him walk in yourself or? or? Yes. Well, no. So the whole everyone did because he came in. We were in a little early. My brother likes getting in early for the early prelims, the whole thing. He loves seeing the whole card. He's a he's a diehard fan. So we're in there already, which or a lot of people are in there early, and all of a sudden the crowd starts making noise. So he's down in like the the big money ticket area next to the cage. Celebrities are there and just like rich people, you know how it is. All of a sudden someone's walking and people are going nuts. I'm like, yo, what the so Neil points it out. He's like, Oh, that's Jake Paul. So I'm looking down, I'm like, Oh yeah, that is. That's 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 Jake Paul. People are going nuts. So then a few minutes go by and everyone's screaming you know fuck jake paul fuck it the whole crowd's roaring and he's loving it he's like yeah you know it's doing his stupid fucking bit i saw it <laughs> on his instagram story yeah yeah i wouldn't lie i joined in on the chant i'm like fuck you know i'm screaming at him because i'm he's <laughs> i'm all into it even though i know it's an act i'm it, it pisses everyone off you know it I, but he's kind of stole the show in a way like there was mid-fight and people are like mid fight of different fighters people are yelling fuck jake paul and like dude come on like let the fighters have their moment here like wait till in between the fights but no honestly he's kind of a marketing genius yeah it's just like i I, i'm in on it too right i i hate him i want to see the guy get his head kicked in that just means it's working he knows what he's doing he's just trolling and he's not gonna he's not gonna beat up daniel cormier you know but he'll who who knows but in an in an actual fight, he knows he won't. Like so, Cormier walks up to him, and people went nuts. Did you see that clip? I saw that. I saw yeah. that. He gets in his face, and uh, all of a sudden the crowd's going wild. But so he'll buy into this, right? If he doesn't want to fight Daniel Cormier right there, because he knows what will happen. It's an Olympic level wrestler. It's a two hundred sixty pound man who will throw him on his face. But he'll go, oh no, boxing fight me in a boxing match. And then it's like, okay, Cormier is not a boxer. Even Neither though is he though, <laughs> no, but he trained. He's been training it for like three years. Where he's like, he's pretty good. No one knows how good he is, <clears throat> but he can definitely throw a punch. He can hit, and he knows a lo- at least the basics of it. But you need to know how to throw a punch to knock someone down like that. You know, like whether it's Nate Robinson, who's a little guy, but still, I mean, he's a big kid. Jake Paul's like a two hundred ten pound dude. He's like six one. He can hit, so it's, it makes it exciting. No one knows how skilled he is yet, but. Who knows? The more he keeps training, the better he gets. I, I don't know about you. I hate him as a person like, like for what he's doing. But the, the story, I love the story because he's taken being on Disney Channel, taking it over to YouTube, and now he's boxing. It's entertaining, man. It is absolutely entertaining. I, I almost I want him to keep winning because I want to see how big this will get. Dude, I know. But does it get any bigger? Can it even get any bigger? I don't know. 
if he wins, dude, it, I'm so invested into it. I'm watching. He's on fucking Ariel Hawani, dude. Like Ariel's the MMA fighter, yeah. like interview big guy in the fighting world. He's got Jake Paul on his fucking podcast, man, talking shit. I think the thing that sunk in the most was he got Conor McGregor to go from being silent, radio silence, not a single word, even the video about you know your wife's a four, fuck you, you mm-hmm. Irish cunt or whatever he's, he called him. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't get an answer out of him, and now he's tweeting about him. UFC is better than uh, some blogger boxing match. And then Jake Paul, Jake Paul's tweet, I, I lost it. Jack Daniels is better than proper twelve. I just about shit my diaper when I saw that tweet. I love how Connor won't mention his name though. It's a yeah. power move. Uh, do you think him and do you think Jake Paul will ever get McGregor's attention enough for him to fight or box him? Yeah, he's three and zero. I think I think he's got to win a couple more fights to really get on that level. And I think McGregor himself has to keep going down. I saw Usman uh, tweeting at him. I finish people, you get finished. <laughs> he's, he's not wrong. I think he's lost his last two fights to Khabib. Poirier, then Khabib, yeah. Or Khabib, then yeah, Poirier. You, you got one on the up, you got one on the down, you got to meet at the same spot, and I think I think something might happen. He's yes. only one against Floyd for uh, boxing, so. Yeah. McGregor needs to win his next fight in July against Poirier. They have the trilogy fight, or I feel like he'll retire. I don't like, I think He already he, retired once, though, I thought. No, but not like officially, you know? I just feel like if he loses that one... Part of why he's so marketable is he talks shit, but he backs it up. And if he's just losing, then it's like, all right, he's not what he was. Well, he's talking shit, but he just ain't backing nothing up. Well, he wasn't talking shit in the last one, but he's been he's been running his mouth again, so it's kind of exciting. I hope he wins, but then again, like Jake Paul doesn't have he's not been seen enough, and he's not credible enough. So if it's like, why would McGregor fight him? You know. Why would he, he go? a check for 50 sheets, 50 million bucks. In the but table. McGregor doesn't need money. He just sold his whiskey business for upwards of 600 million. Did you see that? I did not. Yeah. He doesn't need money. He, he like, sold so, proper 12 for 60 million? 600 million. Oh, my God. Yeah. Over. It says north of 600 million deal. It's between him and then his manager gets like whatever percent and then some other guy. Like he's he does not need money, you know? So it's like... Why would he fight Jake Paul besides money? It's it risk everything. It risks his whole legacy if he goes in and boxes Jake Paul and loses. You know, and it's like, oh, payday? No, not worth it. He doesn't need the money. This is a hockey podcast. This is a UFC fighting podcast. Both, both. I mean, it excites me. <laughs> Transitioning. Yeah. Before we uh, get to our last topic of the day, I want to let you know that uh, we have a new. Sponsor, make sure you take a look at the Travspec Pro Laces. Great deal, some great toe ties for your on ice game. Promo code TRAVSOCKS will save you five bucks off your butt ends, your blocks. You need some great supplements beyond yourself. I got great supplements linked in my video description. Also, Shea Hydrated merch. Mm, Shea Hydrated. Not Sway Hydrated. No. Shea Hydrated. Fuck that. Get your Shea Hydrated merch and sl- Slang in the Biscuit merch coming soon. Somebody wanted posters the other day. They wanted a poster of our uh, title thumbnail so maybe that'll be coming soon in shirts and hats what 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 are the most popular hats are they the trucker hats i i like these like uh stretchy ones the ones that totally cover oh, my do dome fit, you do the fit yeah, ones i like those ones they're nice they're nice all right we'll have to do so we'll have to get some polls going see what they like the i kids. know we're only five episodes in but if you want some merchandise you yeah. want a shirt you want a hat let us know please let the boys know <laughs> back to the program our final topic of the day Letting a woman down. Now, 
I'm, right. I'm good at letting people down, but not doing it gently. Right. You crying? Are you getting emotional already? Yeah. I'm, it's just a Tough sad loss. Right now. I'm sorry. I hate the loss. We've talked about this before, I think, where I'm like, why are they asking me like what I want, blah, blah, blah. Because like, I'm a guy, I'm going with the flow, right? So it's like, I'm not looking for any, anything before it happens. I'm kind of You have like, a so, rough idea of what you're into and open to, but there's not something you want. Right. But like, I'm not going to try to force a relationship. You can't force a vibe. I'm not out there like looking like, oh my God, who can I date? Like, I need a, I need a girlfriend. So, you know, that's stupid to me because then it's forced. And it's a forced vibe. You don't want to force a vibe. So... I'm going into things. I'm just like, if I, you know, connect, then I'll go from there. But if not, whatever. It's that's life. And but I've had a couple situations where it's like some. And you know, I'm not saying guys can't be in the. It can't. The the roles can be reversed here. But in my experience recently, it's been like a girl or something like that has been like had feelings or something. You know, they they. They they're kind of into you. They want more. They're looking for more. And it, but I don't want to be a dick, right? Because I, I don't think I'm a dick. I'm not an asshole for the most part. My, so if you, it depends on who you ask, right? Someone might it's tell a, you. You get a few bad views every now and then, but yeah, yeah, yeah it depends who you ask. But I don't think I am, and I don't want to be. So I'm, if someone tells me, you know, they they kind of like me, but I'm just not feeling the vibe, then I'm like, fuck. How do I go about this without being a dick? What do you like? What What do you think? How do you go about that? I feel like people we could give some serious tips here. And you know, I I try to give everybody a shout. You know, I try to give everybody an opportunity. There, there's been lots of girls that I've seen. Actually, believe it or not, so my last girlfriend, the the one that I complained about with the dishes and shit with the plunger, uh, her. Uh, we were together for two plus years, and funny enough, the first date I had with her was like the worst date of my life ever. It was terrible, awkward, nice. no conversation, just a terrible date. So I didn't talk to her for like two, three weeks, <laughs> and then uh, for whatever reason, I decided to send her a text one day, and you know we hung out a couple more times, and, I, and she just kind of kept hanging around. And I kept giving her an opportunity, an opportunity, opportunity, get to know somebody, and then you know that's probably a very rare situation. But for the most part, I feel like you got to give it an opportunity. I assume they're not like totally weird. Like if they're good-hearted, you know, you never know what you might find. You know, uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Life is a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, you know, sometimes you can't. You don't know if the first hangout, right? Got to give it a, got to give it a few. Takes um, time. Find one. So I guess that's part of my my thing. Then my problem right now is that like I'm not looking you're too quick on the trigger. Well, I'm not. I'm not looking too, right? So it's like it has to be a connection. So maybe you're right. Maybe I should, maybe I should s- s- hang out with <laughs> someone a few times. You, you know what? I, I'd like to debunk. Sorry to cut you off here. I'm gonna debunk something that the, to the three females that are listening out here, men aren't just interested in sex for the most part. Yes, but <laughs> I find. Whether you sleep with me within the first five seconds of meeting me or you wait five months, once the deed has been done, that's off the list. Now now that's no longer a goal. So now you have to strictly fall back on personality. Like there have been women where they, they have wanted to wait a while and things haven't worked out because I'm sorry, you just suck as a person. You're boring, right. you're bland, you're not funny, and you have no motivation in life. And then there's others where, at least personally, maybe you can feel free to disagree, you sleep with them. Actually, I had this one girl. She literally invited me over and was like, the first thing you're going to do when you walk on that door is you're going to bang me. Oh. And I said, I would love to. 
That straightforwardness is incredible. I, I, I love the honesty. I think that that's what I was attracted to was the honesty. But mm-hmm. do the business and develop a great friendship. We end up seeing each other for, you know, three, four, five months after that. On you know, talk Damn. as friends, hang out as friends, do lots of cool, you know, cute shit and all that stuff. It was lovely. But you never know. Life's a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get until you open the box. Yeah, and dip your dip your spoon in it for sure. Spinning around a little, try a different few types of chocolate, caramel. Hey, I may not be able to stir the gumbo, but I can definitely lift the ladle. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, so maybe I should start taking some relationship advice from you. <laughs> My retention rate is significantly higher than yours, I feel like, because I, I, I like to develop I develop prospects, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm the Detroit Red Wings. You're in the minors for six, seven years, and then you come up. This isn't the Edmonton you know, Oilers where I drafted you, and I'm pulling you in the lineup today. You know, like, post-nut syndrome? Yes. If you're getting it, I feel like that's bad, right? It's like, oh, shit, I got to go. I feel like post-nut syndrome happens every time. It's just a matter of how do you feel about it? How but, What emotions are attached? Like, so post-nut syndrome, for me, if I, if I you know, do it, I'm like, ugh, disgust. Like, get me out of here. I need to leave. I, you know? Or, like, post-nut, and then you're like, damn, I want to kind of cool. I want to cuddle, you know? Nice spoon. Nice little spoon. Oh, that was spoon nice. Fresh. Let's cuddle. Yeah, but I think that's like, I don't know. Maybe it's our it's our body trying to tell us something. I I used to get, no, I hope she, there's no way she listens to this. I used to get <laughs> post-nut syndrome, the back half of my relationship, my ex, with my ex. Like the early, like first couple of years, it would be like, post nut and i just be like yo let's cuddle and let's like let's fucking spoon let's spoon let's fork and spoon oh spoon fork and spoon let's like fork. fucking like sp- let's spork no no spoon like fucking spoon oh, Dude. okay okay, okay. <laughs> yeah that's guys that's trademark that's trademark but uh yeah i used to do that then like back end of it it was like nah I don't want to touch you right now. Give me a break. <laughs> that was just bad. That's a sign you got to get out, right? You want to wipe yourself off? Maybe shower yourself off. <laughs> yeah. I'm out of here if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to watch some Netflix tonight. <laughs> got to hit the road. <laughs> but back to what my initial question, like, say it's like a few hangouts. Yeah. And you, but st- you're just not feeling it. And they are. This can go both ways. Say it's like I'm feeling it and she's not. And it's her perspective. But, like, whatever. How do, how do you go about, like, saying, like, listen – but I think, I think I've done it nicely, the nicest way I could, but they, it still feels like they always get mad at you. You know what? You see, here's the thing. I'll try to let them know and just be like, listen, Pat, Patricia, mm-hmm. we've been hung out a couple times. <laughs> Are we role-playing? You got some bomb box, but I'm just not vibing it. And see, <laughs> here's the thing. At this point, I'm so nice that it, they almost take it as an opportunity of change. Like, oh, here's some constructive feedback. I'm going to improve on this. We, I'm trying to, you know, cut the cord, you know, put the rod back in the box. So that's mm-hmm. the problem. Maybe, I, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not aggressive enough because I don't like wasting prospects. I like keeping them in the pool. Yeah. I, like I the, the FOMO, the fear of missing out of, listen, I gas you today. You might become a celebrity one day. And now I'm the real loser here. You're thinking way ahead. Uh, long term, we're t- we're in it for all okay. nine innings. We're we got two more periods ahead of us here, chipping away. Ooh. We're gonna chip bucks in deep. I see what you're doing. 
But they yeah. might not have become the celebrity if you if you held on to them and kept them around. They might not have shot to their full potential. Well, <laughs> the same woman that I dated for two years told me that I was a loser. I was never going to amount to anything on YouTube. Well, guess what, lady? Look at you now. You're still a pencil pusher in a fucking jail cell. She's in jail? Oh. Well, no, she does paperwork. She's, she's like a, she's a pencil <laughs> pusher. She's like a secretary in a jail. That's what she was doing. I don't know if she's still doing it. But listen, lady, you hate your job. Uh. You're skinny fat. Ooh. So not, not to body shame. Sorry, you're skinny fat because you eat pretzels all day. And uh-huh. I'm on YouTube. That's right, motherfucker. <laughs> Deal with it. That's right. Come at me. This one girl, I, you know, we hung out once. I won't go into too many details. I don't want to get too graphic. Her name was Tiffany. <laughs> no, but we did. And it was pretty clear. I made how where I was at with it clear. And then I'm getting texts like, oh, I can't wait to kiss you again. Like, oh, miss boy. that cute face. I'm like, hold on a second. Like, we were in my car. <laughs> the McDonald's parking lot. Ah, uh, Tuesday here. So I'm like, all right. Like, so... You know, part of me is like, it was pretty, it was pretty good. You know, I was, I kind of want to do it again, but then I'm like, I can't con with like in knowingly like do that and keep hurting her. So I tell her that I'm like, listen, I, I'm, I don't want to hurt you. Okay. I'm not going to like catch feelings. I'm in that stage of my life. You know, I, you know, I dropped you out her lunch or what? Yeah. So I went back that night and then I start getting these texts again or snaps or whatever you want to, however, uh, and it's she's given the same thing. She's getting like mad at me because I'm not answering her and shit. She's like, "You're not giving me any attention today." I'm like, "I'm sorry. What are you confused about here? You know, like I don't snap you." I'm like, "Okay, okay. Listen, I have a life to live here. Remember, I told you what this was about. Blah blah blah." Being, I'm trying to be nice, but no. Then she gets mad at me, and then she's like, "All right, I need to block you." I'm like, "Okay, like hold on, hold block on, block me." Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Men and ladies, lads and ladies, ladies and lads. If you do that shit when you're like, you don't text me back fast enough, all right? I, I'm a firm believer. This is how I was raised. Money talks, bullshit walks, okay? Mm-hmm. If you talk a big game about you're interested, you want to hang out, blah, 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 and your actions don't show it, I hate that shit. But if you talk a game of, you know, you're busy, I don't get super fast. I might get like two to three replies a day. It's kind of like trying to communicate with the government. You only get a couple of replies a day. Really, You know, it's kind of painful. You're kind of a Monday to Friday kind of thing. Yep. But very consistent on the Hangouts, consistent, reliable. That can vibe. That can totally vibe. That's totally okay. Super vibe. Totally. I I'm, I was about that too. Like even with my my ex it's like i would always get shit because we had the long distance thing going and i would get shit about not texting but i'm like dude like i'm living my life here are you like i'm you you see me i'm i'm all i'm there you know what i mean i'm like but then there's that weird thing that it's like if you if you're not allowed you're not allowed to live your life you have to be there you know texting 24 7 or something like one this is obviously a different example if you're actually like in a relationship not this like past thing i was just talking about i'm not i i stand my ground where i was there but <laughs> in a relationship if i feel like you're allowed to live your life you don't need to be talking 24 7 text messaging i feel like that's middle school shit no yeah i don't i don't know where else to take that other side yeah middle middle school yeah. elementary shit yeah and let's not fucking middle school elementary school is bullshit we're big dogs here we're, we're old we're mature 
You know, yeah. th- this does take me down a path of, uh, so my sister's a little fat, right? My sister's kind of like a little <laughs> porker. And uh, my sister was always the ugly friend of the friends that she would have. And one of the nice things about that is that she would bring friends over. And uh, she stopped bringing friends around me or over around me when I was living at home or, or even now tries not to introduce me to them because I would, you know, I, I, I would, you know. And uh, What would you do? I don't know. <laughs> well, I'd bang all of her friends. <laughs> how, 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 old's your, how old are these girls? Like two years uh, younger than you? My sister's two years younger than me, yeah. Uh, so I remember there was one day, my sister had this one friend over. They're hanging out. And the next day, I bring her over. <laughs> and she's like, oh, are you hanging out with me? She's like, no, I'm hanging out with your brother. Funk. Dude, that's hilarious. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dogs got to eat, man. Feeding she time. comes back over the next day. You're eyeing her. They're fucking sitting on the couch, you know, talking girl stuff. And you're in there eyeing, eyeing her from the kitchen. Like, hey, you want to... Hey, Cassandra, wanna, let's go. You want a sausage? <laughs> Dude, that's a that's electric. I I didn't uh, have that. That's I've done some fucked up shit. <laughs> I've done some real fucked that, up like, shit. The fact that you had her over the next day is great. Like your sister's like, oh, what yeah. are you doing here? Oh, here to fuck your brother. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like your brother better than you, you little punky. Yeah. Sorry. No, I'll hang out with you next week, though. You know, <laughs> still that's tall. No, yeah, you got tall yeah. tall family. Yeah, my sister's like six feet five eleven two ten. Damn, she's tall. Yeah, she's bigger than me. Like, cause I'm I'm five ten and a half, round up to five eleven. What do you weigh? Yeah, one ninety five. She'd eat you, dog. <laughs> Literally, she'd eat the buffet lunch, and then after that, go back for seconds, just like a God pig trough, it. just just an all you can eat buffet. Hey, God bless her. God bless her. Anyway, before uh, before my mom calls me about this, and I was like, stop pecking on your sister. Maybe keep that part out for your dad. <laughs> You know, my, my mom or my dad and or both are going to call me like, why are you pecking on your sister? You know, she's always the she's always the least favorite child. Anyway, thank you for listening to Sling the Biscuit, episode five, presented by us, because we no longer have sponsors. Uh, Pat Shea, myself, Travis Ridgen, thanks for listening. Thanks for giving us the time of day. We're back every Thursday morning, a new episode of The Biscuit on Spotify, Apple Podcast. God bless. We'd like you to enjoy this song, Break Some Shit. So I feel like shit My suggestion is to keep you a distance Cause right now I'm dangerous <laughs>